Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, and I'm talking to you tonight from the big, bright red desk here on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. It has been a gray and rainy day here in the Isle of Manhattan, which is always a great time for us to... Um, to really, you know, spend time at home, curl up with a bowl of soup. I had a really delicious uh, butternut soup that I made. Mm-mm-mm. And kind of connect in to our inner realm. And, of course, today the moon's in Scorpio, which is, of course, a very strong energy around nesting and quiet and solitude. Scorpios are very private people. So if you were feeling really private today, you're right in sync with the heavens. We also have today... Um, the moon was in yeah, – Remo, get down, honey. Uh, he's sitting here with his little butt going to make my computer go crazy. Um, today, also earlier, um, the moon was void uh, all day in Libra with a closing aspect of um, a, uh, a sextile to Jupiter. So that whole sense, moon in Libra, sextile Jupiter and Sag, that whole sense of, gee, how do I nest? And then around 4.30, the moon went into Scorpio to say, okay, a little more intense. So if you've been feeling kind of nasty and cuddly and cozy and wanting to kind of hang out, that's exactly the right energy that we're working with. Of course, it is, um, as we know, there's a lot of energy in the sky, a lot of animation energy, and the sun is approaching in opposition to Uranus, which is a lot of intensity and passion. And we also all last week had Mars approaching his square to Pluto, and that perfected today around 10.30 in the morning, um, Mars square Saturn, rather. And now next week he approaches his square to Pluto, which is going to be a little harder. Um, but, you know, Saturn is now your limits. Saturn has Mars has jumped over Saturn, if you think of Saturn as a roadblock, and now he's plowing towards Mars. So our job with all this is to kind of go, okay, we are in Scorpio time. Scorpio sun, of course, is when the leaves in the northern hemisphere experience the frost. And they fall off the trees, and we're able to look behind the trees to see the houses. We're able to look. It's the x-rays. Scorpios, of course, are doctors and surgeons and mobsters, interestingly. And the people that work kind of in triangles, you, your body, and them, your therapist, you, your your problem in them, the mob, you, your business in them. You know, of course, Scorpio is the sign of accounting. And some of us paid taxes this last week as we filed on our last extension possible, October 15th. And, of course, Scorpio is how we account, and your your government is your silent business partner. You know, you give them some of your money every paycheck. Um, so with Scorpio energy, we're really working with those deep, deep feelings, those deep, deep energies. There is a new moon in Scorpio tonight at 1138, and then we're going to have, you know, new moons always initiate energies and start a new cycle and kick us off uh, for a 30-day and a two-and-a-half year. And I will be doing it at 7.30. I'll be doing a new moon webinar on my website, which you can sign up for, on talking about this new moon energy because it's a very potent new moon. It's the moon and the sun opposite Uranus, right? So the moon opposes Uranus shortly after the new moon, and the sun opposes Uranus uh, tomorrow. So this is kind of an aha awakening, seeing things you hadn't seen before, stuff surfacing. And, of course, Mercury is in approaching his shadow. He's moving very – he's in his shadow. He's approaching his retrograde. He's moving very, very slowly. 
So I thought it was pretty hysterical because Mercury is the trickster that Rudy Giuliani butt dialed a couple of <laughs> reporters and you know left a three-minute message of him talking in the background saying he needed money, Venus and Scorpio, right? We need money. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a time when secrets get revealed, when you find out stuff. You know, Mercury is telling you tales, so you want to pay attention to the tales he's telling. Um, I had a couple people in the last couple days come in and they'd found out some pretty big secrets. You do, not, you do want to pay attention to the secrets that come out under Mercury in his a shadow approach. He's been in the shadow since the 11th of October. He's going to station to go retrograde this week on Halloween, and then he's going to go backwards until he clears his shadow, which is going to be on the 20th of, until he stations to go direct, on the 20th of November. And then he leaves Scorpio for good for true on December, I think it is December 9th. Yeah, he leaves Scorpio on December 9th. So we're in Scorpio season. Now, Mercury and Scorpio always knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> That's just what they do. They know stuff. So this is also a great time for crimes to be solved. We often find in the Scorpio time a lot of the big crimes, you know, unsolved for 30 years get solved because Scorpio wants the dead the dead want to surface and tell stories. Or last deathbed confessions as they're dying, they confess to what they were doing, right? Um, that's Scorpio. He He knows, you know, there's an accountability factor with him, and he keeps track. You know, they always say follow the money. The accountants track the money because the money – Scorpio, tracking it, keeping track of it is, is important. So watch where you're being advised to look, where you're being asked to look. Pay attention because Mars is in Libra. He is answering to Venus in Scorpio. She's also in Scorpio, right? So at this point today, we have the moon, the sun, Venus, Athena, the strategic warrior goddess, and Mercury all in Scorpio. And Mars, of course, in Libra answers to Venus in Scorpio, Mars and Venus have what we call mutual reception. Venus can turn into Libran and be charming and delightful and related and connected. And hi, how are you? Don't you want to partner with me? And Mars and Scorpio can be intense and probing and let's go. And they can work together or they can both be in their lower forms. Venus doesn't like being in Scorpio. It's considered her detriment because, you know, we like to think of the goddess of love being all about fairness and beauty and grace. Now, remember, Venus had a temper, right? Mars and Libra, he's a warrior king. Now he has to be polite and ask permission. Really? And, you know, so they don't really like the signs they're in, but they can swap because they're in each other's signs and then be much happier. But again, for that swapping to take place, we need a little consciousness. So we'll be covering all this on the full moon, the new moon report tonight in much more depth. But this week we want to kind of just think about that. Then the other thing, more important, is Mars moving towards his square to Pluto. Now, this happens once every two years. It's not that common. And if you have a Mars-Pluto aspect in your chart, you will be feeling it really grow because you're having what's called a natal excitation. All the rest of us are having the Mars-Pluto square because it's in the heavens above us, and we're watching, the, um, we're watching it kind of happen, right? So I like to think of that Mars-Pluto square. If you remember the scene from Fried Green Tomatoes when Kathy Bates drives up in the car and the girls in the, ca in the car pull into her spot before her and she starts to yell at them, 
and they're like, ha, 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 and they get out of the car, and then she gets really mad, and then they said something like, we're young and we're fast, and she goes, she starts driving her car into theirs. She goes, I'm older and I have insurance. <laughs> Mars square Pluto. I was going to a doctor's appointment on Friday morning, and this UPS truck was barreling down the road, and this SUV did an illegal U-turn, and the UPS driver blared his horn, and I thought, they're going to hit. And fortunately, the SUV driver pulled over to the right, and the UPS driver swung a little to the left, so they averted collision. But next week, they're going to collide with the Mars square Pluto. So it's kind of... Uh, Strategic action, averted collision, Saturn's in its exaltation, right? When the Mars and Saturn switch places, Mars is in its exaltation in Capricorn, Saturn's in its exaltation in Libra. Great opportunity, strategic driving. Limited the crash. Mars square Pluto, not so lucky. So this week, people are really going to be feeling uh, their Mars Pluto. And so you want to kind of give permission to that to watch and then also with the mercury and scorpio telling the secrets a lot of intense energy um and, and i um you know we look at the idea the energy is not good or bad it just is and then how do we use it how do we work with it productively and i think that's perhaps the hardest part because we might be running a little bit of a temper or a little mad or a little rah 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 and you have to kind of say, okay, let me be strategic about it, Mars and Libra, and think about Saturn and Capricorn. What actually do, what's the result I really want here? And then as Mars now goes towards Pluto and Capricorn, well, what am I actually trying to transform here? Because Mars is the planet of war and action, and he's aspecting Pluto, the aspect, the planet of transformation. So there's an opportunity here for a huge transformation used correctly. Sun opposite Uranus is an opportunity for a big aha moment. And then next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, Saturn and Pluto are both occulting the moon, which means they're triggering the eclipse. <laughs> and so they're going to bring up emotional stuff. Even though it's not eclipse season, you're going to have, you know, when we get to November uh, 2nd, you're going to have that kind of sense of, oh, yeah. I remember this. I know I'm supposed to work with it. Also this week, we have, um, I never say this right, and I know someone's going to write me, Samhem, Samhain, the Day of the Dead, the one that's the, when the veils are thinnest, and I never say it right, and I just have a mental block about this one. Um, but it is Sawian. Maybe it's Sawian. I don't know. I, people write me every time, every every year, and I always say it wrong, and I always think, oh, I should learn how to say it this week. And then I realized it's this week, so I didn't listen to it before I got on the radio. But what it is, is it's the crossover calendar for the Celtic New Year. This is the Celtic New Year when it starts. But it's also when the veils between the earth is the thinnest, between the living and the dead. And there's a lot of transition. One of the reasons we have Halloween and All Saints Eve, you know, you know the, Catholic, the Christian holidays came in on the holidays that were tied to the, um, the pagan holidays, we have this holiday for us to really honor the transition of the dead. And so this is a great time, you know, to talk to your dead people. You know, have a little, sort of light a little candle and talk to them. Also, it is Halloween. That's why we dress up as ghouls and stuff so we scare them and they don't get us, right? They don't take us off. We look like little demons so they can't tell which ones we really are. 
Um, but also, I mean, I've lived in New York many years. There's this great parade that takes place in the village. It's a little scary because all these people are in all these people are in masks and they're all imitating and they all kind of take the news and you know and put it out on the costumes. But when we're looking with this energy of the the Day of the Dead and the crossing over, you know, this is kind of like the people that were on Earth this year that haven't moved over. They kind of ring a little bell and they say, "Okay, everybody, time to go to heaven or go to hell or whatever. You're supposed to cross over now." There's kind of a big migration that takes place. Um, and so if you have relatives, um, it's a good time to talk, you know, dead relatives, it's a good time to talk to them because you're going to be a little more connected to them or a little more able to connect to them. Um, the other piece that we look at with this is it is what we call a cross-quarter day where the sun is on the world point uh, halfway between fall and winter. So Halloween Eve and the 1st of November is the halfway mark of fall. So we're halfway through fall. I know. How did the year go so fast, and how can it possibly be Halloween? But it is, right? And then you kind of go, no, it can't be Halloween. Ah, but it's Halloween. I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, Elijah Cummings's funeral yesterday. It's really beautiful, um, and it's particularly poignant. And his two daughters got up at one point in the funeral, and one of them said, you know, I was born... Uh, 36 years ago, when my father went into public service. Now, of course, I, the astrologer, go, 36 years ago. That was when the Saturn-Neptune, or the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened in 82-83. Dad went into politics. She was born. Um, And now Saturn and Pluto are meeting in January, and he's finished his political career, and his children are now, okay, we're going to take that legacy out into the world. And so it's a particularly beautiful uh, memorial service. And I encourage you to watch it and kind of honor those who are transitioning ahead of us because that whole group, this next patch, as we move towards that Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January, on January 12th, this whole patch is really tied to releasing people, letting people go, finishing the, the transition, finishing the story. In my family, you know, my mom died in 82, my dad died now, my stepmother just packed up and left Florida and is moving to Vegas, moved to Vegas on Saturday. She has a whole new life that she's beginning. Understanding that we're all in this big, big migration transition period, watch the people around you. Now, some people are like, oh, my God, I have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. What I want you to do is say, you know, I don't actually have to decide until January. What I want to do is understand what it is I have to decide, and I want to understand what's part of the decision-making process because I'm going to be restructuring my life as of January. And then once I've restructured it, I have about a year till December of 2020 with three new uh, incoming dreams, Jupiter-Neptune meeting in April and in June and in November, saying, what's your new dream? What's the dream you want to work on? And um, Jupiter-Pluto, rather, meeting, what's the dream? What's the dream you want to work on? Neptune is weighing in because he's kind of talking to them and encouraging them to follow the dream. But Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter in Capricorn dancing together all next year. And I know a lot of people are going, economic collapse, economic collapse. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It'll happen, but we'll figure it out. What we're really doing is planting the next uh, 36 years, 29 years, 20 years, 13 years, 12 years, no pressure at all, right? 
<laughs> no pressure to get it right. Goal is plant the seeds. I'm not going to get it all done next year. But get the vision, at least get the idea, the concept of what that next chapter is going to be because it's going to unroll over 36 years. The same way Elijah Cummings' career did, the same way my journey with my father as a, a single guy without my mother, the same way that my stepmother journeyed with my father, and that journey has ended and she's off to a new life. We're all starting a new life. We're all leaving the old life behind. Um, in Elijah's case, it's a new life on the other side. So you want to kind of, you know, just think about the legacy. Think about it. There's a, I went to see Hamilton with one of my best friends who was in town um, from Ithaca this week. And um, she's been doing really wonderful, nice things <laughs> for me lately. You know, it's hard when you lose a parent. And um, and I said to her, you know, you're you're earning your weight in gold, right? And I bought tickets to Hamilton. So there's a song at the end of it uh, where they sing, you know, how will you be remembered? Who will who will tell your story? And so I want you to think about your story. You're wherever you are in your life. You're at a turning point. You're at a crossroads. You're at a moment in time. Who will tell your story? And more importantly, what will they say? What will they say? What do you want to be remembered for? When you have someone do your eulogy, like you watch Elijah Cummings, or you go back earlier in the year when John McCain died, again, a funeral of an elder statesman who had lived a life of service to the country, to the world. We know, different paths, totally. But you, you had an opportunity to think about what will be said about you when you go. What will be? What is your legacy? And Saturn and Pluto, of course, say, what did you amount to? They're in Capricorn. What did you amount to? What did you do? What did you create? What did you leave behind? I know, it's Scorpio time. It's a little depressing. Not trying to depress you. Just trying to get you to think. Think about what it looks like. Think about what's calling you. And know that this week, lots of stuff going on. Now, the good news about this week, Venus goes into Sagittarius. So she gets a little happy. She's answering to Jupiter and Sag. Happy, happy. So she gets a little excited when that happens. So that's good news. And then Mercury, of course, stations to go retrograde. We have the new moon in Scorpio. And we have the Mars-Pluto square building up and we also have an occultation Saturn and Pluto occult the moon which means we're at the same degree as the moon so next weekend is very emotional the weekend of the second so just you know not an easy week on earth but it is a new moon week um, because the planets are contentious you know that those those squares are very powerful we really feel them and, of course, if you have a Mars-Pluto aspect in your chart, you're really going to feel it. If you don't, this is what those people live with all the time. <laughs> I had a little Mars-Saturn here earlier today. Uh, she's a Mars-Pluto. And she was complaining about the Mars-Saturn. And I said, well, you know, like Mars-Saturn. It's like, ah, I hate Mars-Saturn. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you have a Mars-Pluto aspect. She said, yeah, I can't wait till I get my Mars-Pluto. I love my Mars-Pluto because it's like, oh, but it also is very powerful energy, so people can sometimes feel that it goes a little bit too strong, a little bit too fast, a little bit too intense. So let's talk about the week. The moon, right now, the moon is in Scorpio, and it has a new moon tonight at 1138. Uh, moon opposes Uranus at midnight. Sun opposes Uranus at 414 in the morning on the 28th. So this is an aha moment, but this new moon has that energy of excitement and excitement and change. 
The moon is in Scorpio Sunday night, Monday, and it goes void at 1.34 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon with a conjunction to Mercury. So it's adding, you know, making new ideas, making commitments. Moon Mercury joined in Scorpio making a commitment. Moon is void Tuesday afternoon from 1.34 p.m. to 5.58 p.m. when it goes into Sag. It's in Sag Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. It goes void at 10.29 in the morning. And it goes void with a conjunction. Uh, Moon goes void with a conjunction to Jupiter on the 31st. The moon is void all day from 1029 till 1038 p.m. on Halloween when it goes into Capricorn. Capricorn moon, Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. And then it goes void at 146 p.m. on the 3rd with a sextile to Mercury. And then it's void in the middle of the night from 1.46, uh, uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, until 6.19 in the morning when it goes into Aquarius. And then it's in Aquarius all day Sunday the 3rd, uh, November 4th, and then it goes void at 9.37 with a square on the 3rd, 9.37 a.m. of a square. So basically the whole week has nice moons except for Sunday, Sunday has a little bit of a, a separating energy, but we also have the occultations that take place on the 2nd, which is kind of an aha moment next week, daylight savings time. Also, if you, I know I've been promoting it, and thank you, some of you have signed up. If you're thinking of signing up for the consulting skills or the competency exam, deadline for same is this week, at, this week on Wednesday, because we have to print the tests and order the room and get all that stuff done. So last few days to sign up, sign up to be a competent astrologer. It's always good to be, uh, you know, claim your power and claim your strength and say, you know, there's a bunch of astrologers think I know what I'm doing, which is always a good thing. So on to the aspects because I'm talking too much tonight. Uh, Sun is at 4 degrees Scorpio, goes to 10, 11 degrees Scorpio this week. Of course, it starts off with the opposition to Uranus tomorrow morning. And then it has a bunch of health aspects on the 31st and the 1st, a little bit of water and, and air, so any kind of doctor stuff, definitely hop on it. Sun has a semi-square to Jupiter, which is a little bit overdoing on the 31st on Halloween. And then it has, um, it has a quintile to Pluto on the 1st, which gives it a lot of opportunity for creativity. And then last but not least, on the nodes, it, Sun aspects the nodes of fate on the 2nd. So the sun at 10 degrees of Scorpio trines the nodes at 10 degrees of Cancer. So you want to watch who you meet on November 2nd. Mercury this week, retrograde, moving very slowly. He's basically stopped at 27 degrees of Scorpio. So he joins with Venus on the 30th, which is a new thing, but he also is um, really poking along very slowly. And he stations to go retrograde on the 31st at 1141 uh, at 23 degrees 38 Scorpio. And then he joins with Pallas Athena on November 2nd. So he's getting a strategic vision. So Venus, Athena, and Mercury are all kind of hanging out together over there um, <clears throat> in Scorpio. So, like, when you see stuff this week, believe it, okay? Because <laughs> it's true. Uh, Mercury with Athena gives us a vision. And then Mercury also parallels Venus on the 4th of November with kind of an aha. Aha. Now I understand. Uh, Venus this week goes from 23 Scorpio to 3 Sagittarius, and she changes into Sag, which makes her really happy, if a little overdoing, on November 1st. 
uh, at 4.24 p.m. And she has an aspect, a hard aspect to the nodes. On the 29th, she wants to throw away a bunch of stuff. On the 27th, and she's, you know, she's in the mood to pitch stuff, so stand, stand back if you don't want to get thrown out. On the 29th at 5.37 in the morning, she has an aspect to Athena, so she's really seeing things clearly. And she forms a partnership on the 31st with her sextile to Juno. Not an unthought-of partnership. She's been thinking about this for a while. And then she has a healing aspect on the 3rd. Mars this week um, is in Libra, and he's moving along at a decent clip. He goes from 15 Libra to 19 Libra. And, of course, he had a square to Saturn earlier today at at 10.30 in the morning. On the 28th, he has an inconjunct to Neptune, meaning uh, the dream or the direction or how we're going to do it is being challenged a little bit. That's on the 28th around 11 at night, 12 at night, 11.56 p.m. These are all East Coast times. He has a home-changing energy around the, on the 30th, and he parallels Neptune on the 1st. So you want it with Mars this week because he is arguing with Pluto, and he doesn't finish with the Pluto argument until next week, but he's building it up. So he's fighting for a dream, you know, and there's songs, you know, like living on a dream. Go listen to your dream songs because Mars is talking to the dreams and saying, I want to work on those dreams. Jupiter this week is, going, is a 23 Sag. And he has an adjusting aspect to the home and hearth on Wednesday. So he's kind of asking you to look around where you are and see what you need to change. And he is in a fine, mad mood on the second. And it's not that often that Jupiter gets mad. But that's going to be that the moon in Capricorn irritates Saturn and Pluto. And Jupiter is trining Uranus, or not Uranus, trining Eris, the goddess of discord. So he is not in a good space with that one. And, of course, that's a trine that happens once every 12 years. (laughs) And so it's a closing trine where he's kind of going, hmm, that's what you want to do with this? So when when someone raises their eyebrow at you on November 2nd, you do want to consider if that's what you really want to do because maybe you don't. Uranus is biquintile to Juno, questioning partnerships but also saying, gee, this could be a creative partnership. Remember, Uranus is going retrograde. He does have that opposition to the sun-moon. This could be a rebound relationship. But rebound relationships aren't bad. They kind of clear the palate, and they encourage us to try, try again. But maybe not forever. Maybe just to rebound and then go, okay, now that I worked that out, maybe not you. But this is, of course, Mercury retrograde, so you want to be careful now, we, remember, with Mercury retrogrades, we don't say don't commit. We say commit, but commit with consciousness and commit with the idea that you're going to do our E words, redo, revise, revisit, re-edit, re-re-re-re. So as long as you go re-re-re while Mercury is ret, ret, retrograde, you'll be fine, fine, fine. Uh, I should have an RE word. You'll be really, really, really good. That's better. Okay, Athena this week is um, uh, aspecting the nodes of fate on the 28th in a very crabby, cranky way. So she is saying, I'm kind of done with this. I've put up with this for a long time, and I don't necessarily want to do it anymore. Now, remind you, she's hanging out with Venus and Mercury, and they're kind of talking to her. You know, So in the same way sometimes people talk trash, and you believe it, You want to be careful what Athena hears. But she also is going to look and go, you know, 
I did notice that about them. I did see that. So listening to Athena going, you know, this is not the first time you've seen this. This is not the first time they've done it. This is not the, you know, and I always encourage people to do, you know, the Maya Angelou quote, when people show you who they are, believe them. When they tell you who they are, believe them. And if they say, you know, I'm not good enough for you, go, okay, (laughs) and leave. They know something you don't know. Uh, So if they say they're not good enough, say thank you for telling me and I'm out of here, right? Juno enters the partnership planet on November 3rd. So she finishes with her her intense energy in Virgo, which is fixing and fussing and worrying it out. And she's interested in partnering on November 3rd, and she starts a new cycle around partnering. And um, Ceres has a Quinticelli to the north node. Um, this is very much a... Uh, it's a bit of an overdose aspect, meaning you know people that are drinking or drugging or some get caught. Um, it can be an overdose on the third. So if there's an, and of course that's right after that nasty stuff going on in the sky, where people get really mad and then they go get a cocktail and then they you know overdose. So you want to just kind of watch the weekend next weekend for um, people not necessarily acting in their best interest. Remember Mars is square Pluto, pretty tightly, and it's going to be pushing. On that note, the weekly weather is over, and I do encourage you to consider being a consulting skills, consider taking the competency exam, register by the 30th, and also, I did post it on my social media, but I was mentioned in a New Yorker magazine article this week uh, by a wonderful uh, writer named Christine Smallwood. She did a really good article on astrology, so Google astrology you know helping the millennials helping us in the change of the millenn- in the new millennium it's a really nice article came out this week in the new yorker the one with the er yorker not the york one so anyway that was my exciting news this week i wish you all a fabulous week and a great time and just remember it's a little dicey out there right now so when in doubt come home sit on your couch and go ah, what do i want to do next dream the dream if you don't want to take the action. And this week, maybe you don't want to take the action. You want to dream the dream. Make the plan. Goodbye. Have a great week. Anna Ritley signing off from the Bright Red Desk.